Discussing the news that matters. Light Breakfast Front Page. On Front Page, with me this morning, Kiki Tan, analyst on local and global issues. Good morning, Kiki. Good morning. How are you this morning? Fine, thank you. (laughs) Okay, a lot of big headlines. We'll get to them one by one. The first one is Penang to follow Slangor in issuing stiff compounds to errant developers and I do know that there are already existing rules in place but they aren't entirely enforced. Will adding stiffer fines make a difference if enforcement is really the key issue? Well, I think this issue is really about preventing soil erosion or landslides and also flooding you know, through silt control. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are two important public safety issues which I think the government has a responsibility, local government, right. to ensure that uh, developers do not uh, flout these rules. Because all you need sometimes is one incident and then everybody starts pointing fingers at the mm. game. I think we need to be more proactive. But at the same time, while in favour of all these new additional rules, which are important, public safety must always come first. Yeah, Especially in preventing floods and landslides, mm-hmm. which also not just cause lives, sometimes destruction of properties. Uh, we mustn't make it too stringent and difficult in this current climate for businessmen and developers uh, to do their work. La. As long as right. it doesn't incur too much of a high cost. Right. I think it can be done. It's a lot using common sense mm-hmm. and the kind of mindset that put public safety first. I think all developers must develop the kind of mindset. Uh, as long as they have that, I think they should accept any rules that are imposed uh, to ensure public safety. You know? Okay. I mean, um, Zyril says that he hopes to emulate the Slangor yeah. state government's implementation of fines in Penang. Why are these rules and laws applicable? Why aren't they applicable nationwide? I think the problem with a lot of this are controlled by the state. I mean, local council are controlled by the state. And I think there's no standardization yet on all these rules. I think they should, la, the local and housing government should standardize some of these rules. But I think it so happened that Slango, uh, I suppose, uh, has uh, taken a more proactive, uh, more advanced uh, approach to dealing with this issue. Uh, no harm for Penang to learn from it. All right. Well, coming up, it looks like the U.S. Aviation Authority has downgraded Malaysia's air safety ratings. We'll take a look at that one next. After Daniel Powder, this is Bad Day on Light. On front page with me this morning, Keke Tan, analyst uh, on local and global issues and the U.S. Federal Aviation Administration yesterday downgraded Malaysia's air safety rating, restricting the country's airlines from adding new flights to the United States. Keke, does this drop in safety rating have to do with the recent issue with MH360 that had to turn back from uh, its uh, journey to China? I know, I know. I don't think so. I think this has been going on for some time. They've been evaluating us. I really don't know the reason. Even the Prime Minister commented yesterday. I mean, this is based on a source story, reports by Reuters, and there's nothing been official yet. So I think we have been just alerted by this story. Okay. It's, but it's going to have a great, great impact on uh, Visit Malaysia 2020. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's face it. What are the three most important issues for any air travelers? Safety, Safety and safety. Yeah. And, you know, this, the perception of safety is very, very important. If they think that we don't have the kind of civilian authorities in Malaysia that will ensure safety in takeoff and landing, mm-hmm. they're very concerned. I mean, issues like MH17 and MH370, uh, those always happen outside the air zone of our country. I mean, we don't want to speculate. Of course, in the case of... Uh, 
MH370, we know it crashed mm -hmm. from the bits and pieces of the wreckage that we found in Mozambique and East Africa. But beyond that, up to now, there's no real conclusion what right. actually happened. They're still investigating. Uh, for an MH17, we know they were shot down yeah. by missile. So we can't blame the aviation authorities here for all that. Okay, so how yeah. does Malaysia upgrade their safety rating back to level one? I think we have to satisfy the U.S. authorities. Basically, this is a U.S. rating. I mean, you right. cannot ignore uh, rating by this superpower. Mm. And even though not many Americans may travel here, but I think it will have a big, big impact. impact. And what does this uh, lower safety rating mean for us Malaysians? I think it means that we have to we have to be very concerned. I'm concerned too if I go to travel on and off Malaysia. If I really, if we cannot trust our own uh, safety rating, I would take a train down to Singapore and take <laughs> fly off from you know another take a airport boat to go yeah. to London, right? So I think we have to take it seriously. But at the moment, it's too early to say too much. Uh, they must have some reason for it. We have to wait for the official reasons which even the Prime Minister said yesterday, he wants to know why. Mm -hmm. And of course, we, he promised that we look into it. We have to take it seriously. All right. Well, coming up, um, the federal court has thrown out a suit questioning constitutionality of vernacular schools. That one's next. On front page with me this morning is KK Tan, analyst and strategist on local and global issues. And the federal court has thrown out the case of a lawyer who sought to question if the existence of vernacular schools was unconstitutional. KK, why was the intention of lawyer Muhammad Khairul Azam to claim that vernacular schools were unconstitutional? Well, I am not encouraged by his effort, although I do not question his right as a lawyer or as a citizen to ask the federal court to rule. I'm not encouraged because I think this is a very race-based mm -hmm. uh, attempt. We really have an educational system, a country that's already very divided now, over race. As I said many times, our educational system has been over-politicized over the years, which I think it requires really a thorough overhaul. Mm -hmm. Now, going back to this issue, I mean, he's basically questioning the right of parliament to enact laws, in this case, the Education Act 1996 to make laws on education and to legitimize vernacular schools, yeah. which had been uh, understanding previously. I suppose the then government wanted to ensure that it is clearly understood. Mm -hmm. So there's no more questions and challenges. And uh, of course, recently, there's lots of issues challenging it. I think we have to be fair. La. Look at it objectively. Take emotions, take race and look at it. I mean, ask ourselves, do we really need them? And the person to decide... Uh, the parents, the market forces, we should right. give people, parents a choice. I mean, if our national government schools are good enough, I don't think there's need for any of these schools. Mm. It is because of the failure of the national schools, that's why there's a demand of this vernacular school, especially the Chinese, which I think a lot of people are beginning to see the value there, the method of teaching, the contents, the focus on maths. So here, let's look at it on merit not from the racial, not from the religious standpoint, not even from the language standpoint. To me, language right. is just a means of communication. Right. Yeah. And why I believe that we should have used English, which I came from the old school system, mm -hmm. where I think there was a lot more harmony and unity. It's because it is the international uh, language of trade and right. commerce and science and technology as mm -hmm. well. That is the only reason. It's not out of any uh, favoritism 
of any particular race. Okay. Yeah. Well, coming back to this issue, do you feel that he was being unconstitutional by bringing it to the courts in the first place? I mean, he has a right. Anyone has a right to ask the court to rule on it. We can't question that right, okay? yeah. especially as a lawyer. But the court obviously said that, you know, they refused to grant him leave to challenge it. So it stops there. He can he can try again, you know, at right. the high court level. I mean, was it because it had no merit that this was? Um, yeah, this of course is no merit at mm. this moment, and and I think we don't need too much of this, lah. Yeah. We always got to ask ourselves, what is the purpose of education? It is not to promote any race. It is not to promote any religion or any country or even a language. The sole and main purpose of education is to teach and train students to be knowledgeable and skilled in various sectors so they can become productive mm. and co- add value to society. Anything other than that is just, to me, you know, distractions, okay, right. that will undermine our objective. Indeed. Now, coming up, the IPCMC bill is fair and draconian, says the Sabah Police Chief. We'll be taking a look at that headline next. On front page with me this morning, KK Tan, analyst on local and global issues, and Putra Jaya needs to redraft the Independent Police Complaints of Misconduct Commission. The IPCMC bill, as the present regulations in the law, are too draconian, says Sabah Police Chief. You know, generally, rules are improved from one set to the next, but why has the IPCMC hit a sore note, especially with the, um, you know, Sabah Police Chief? Well, it's been going on for a very, very long time. This question of potential power abuse by police, I think it's not fair to blame the entire police force. There are always black ships there. And generally, I think civil society has, over the years, you know, with the support of government, mm-hmm. Uh, try to introduce legislation to ensure that people who are given such powers, you know, you look under the police act, the police do have a lot of powers. While I accept and understand the complaint by some of these senior police officers, we need to look at the big picture. We need to look at their complaints, of course. I agree that we have to be fair. There's no question about that. We have to be fair to all. In principle, a person is generally innocent until proven guilty. But I think in this case of IPMPC, they must have evidence a case against certain officers who mm-hmm. abuse the power. So I think that's why uh, the way the law is structured is quite heavy and hard on those people who are already accused. What is the current issue with the Enforcement Agency Integrity Commission that warrants a new set of laws and regulations? It's difficult. It's very difficult because there's no real consistency. We don't have the people to supervise. I think they lack people to supervise these things. People who are qualified, trained, to go after people who abuse these laws. It's really, I think, uh, having trained and uh, skill management in these areas, enforcement areas, is very important. To kind of supervise so many enforcement agencies under different ministries is going to be difficult in the first place. I think now they are focusing on the police because the police are the ones with the most powers. And most of the complaints of abuse in the past have been on the police. Well, this next headline is something we've been seeing a lot of uh, since uh, yesterday. Court orders Najib to enter defence over 42 million ringgit SRC case. We're going to take a look at that one next after the traffic update. And Tommy Page, I'll be your everything next on Light. And on front page with me this morning, KK Tan, analyst on local and global issues. The big issue and big headline, uh, well, the last 24 hours is that the court has ordered Datuk Sri Najib Raza to enter his defense over the 42 million ringgit SRC case. What does this mean for Datuk Sri Najib, KK? 
Okay, first, I must stress that uh, the trial is not completed, it's still going on. Mm -hmm. So I think we should not comment on the merit and the substance of the case. It's really up to the court to decide. Otherwise, it may be considered sub-judice. But what you can comment is on the due process, the oral process. What happened yesterday is that the court called upon or ordered Najib to enter his Mm defence, meaning that the prosecution has proven a prima facie case against the former Prime Minister. And he's been charged for abuse of power, for CBT, criminal breach of trust, and for money laundering. All very serious and jailable offences. The thing now is he has three options. Uh, under the law, I mean, he can remain silent, which I don't think he should do that. We can look at this case objectively without any emotions. You know? right. If he chose to remain silent, he's likely to be found guilty. Right. Okay? On all the seven charges. He can also give an unsworn statement, which is not very credible. Mm-hmm. In an unsworn statement, you don't get cross-examined at all. Yeah, You just make a statement, that's all. Right. I think he opted wisely. Uh, I think we should give him the best chance for a sworn statement under oath, which he can be cross-examined by the prosecution and re-examined by his own lawyers. Mm-hmm. And I think this will give him the best chance. And this is what he's opted for? Yeah, he's opted for it. Now, with seven charges against anyone, I mean, I look at it objectively. Mm-hmm. And he's been asked to enter the defense on all seven charges. It's going to be very, very difficult. I'm just commenting generally, right. in general, yeah. okay? Uh, without talking about the substance of the case, it's going to be very, very difficult for him to get away scot-free. All they need, the prosecution is just for one charge to stick, and he goes to jail. Okay, what's next when this trial resumes on the 3rd of December? This is defense trial. Since he's opted for a sworn statement, he'll be cross-examined and re-examined. And I don't think it, it will be that long. Mm-hmm. Of course, whatever, let's say whatever the sentence has been passed by the judge at the end, he can appeal. And that might take a bit of time. Okay. That's why his uh, defense lawyers are saying that this will drag on until the next generation. But that is a matter of opinion. Yeah. You know, anyone is entitled to say anything they want. Okay. Well, it looks like uh, the drama continues. Well, thank you so much, yeah. KK, for joining me this morning. Thank you very much. That was KK Tan, uh, analyst and strategist on local and global issues here on Front Page.